Hey, my name is Aaron Berg. Welcome to Made For More. We are so excited that you're joining us on this podcast where we're helping leaders become better and become all that God has called them to be. If you're new, welcome to the family. I put these out the first Wednesday of every month with new content that I hope is helpful. I love seeing the reports, so thanks for tagging me on Instagram. Thanks for shooting me an email. Um, I try to respond to every single one, so let me know who you are, which by the way, if you are watching this on YouTube, make sure you subscribe. This is our We Are Radiant YouTube page, and we're seeing lots of traction like that. And if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whatever it is, make sure you subscribe, share it with your friends. We are hoping this helps you out. And today I'm with one of my mentors. The reason I am where I am today, other than the grace of God, is from this man. Richard Crisco is with us today. And if you don't know who Richard Crisco is, let me just tell you, you are in for a treat for the next 15, 20 minutes. We're going to have a good time. You're going to learn leadership from the guy who I learned leadership from as a teenager. So people don't know this, but he was actually my youth pastor growing up. So what was it like to be the youth pastor? Of Aaron Burke at a young age, pre-salvation, by the way, Aaron Burke. Uh, well, I was going to ask you, I often wondered about your salvation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. That's... <laughs> to youth pastor uh, Aaron Burke is like trying to nail Jello to the wall. That is the case. That, welcome, <laughs> welcome to the pain of my parents growing up. So, uh, Pastor Richard, uh, you were the youth pastor during one of the biggest revivals in America's history. So if people don't know about Brownsville Revival, huge move of God, five years, services all the time. And um, you did things a little bit different than all the other staff. You you f- focused your attention not just on the big services, which were awesome, right. but a strategic decision to raise up leaders. Why was that? Well, actually, that was done by accident. Okay. Most of the things that I do are by accident. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a great decision. <laughs> well, you know, what was interesting is I was there actually two and a half years before the historical revival you're talking about. And I had learned by that time, I'd been in youth ministry for about 10 years at that period of time. And I realized that I could only effectively pastor a certain number of people. And I had come in contact with John Maxwell, which was my mentor yep. through books and tapes. Absolutely. And um, I had learned that my level of success was going to be based upon those who were closest to me. And so what was interesting is whenever I went to Brownsville, uh, right after Pastor Kilpatrick hired me, I sat down with him and I told him, I do not want to teach the high school Sunday school class like all the other youth pastors did. I said, I want to use that period to raise up leaders. And to be honest with you, at first he thought, you know, he was thinking, I might have hired the wrong guy. Right. He didn't even want to be with teenagers. Right. But that wasn't it at all. I just understood the purpose of leadership. And what's interesting is um, I started with one student. I don't know if you remember Jeff Hemley, but Jeff Hemley was an, a military guy. Okay. And, and and for like a month or so, it was just Jeff and I. No. no. Seriously, it was Jeff and I, okay? So leaders that are listening to this and going, I've only got one right now. Yes. You made it a point to invest in the one. Exactly, because I... Uh, so, so I, I kept pouring into him and then, uh, you know, another sure. one come, another come. And what was interesting is, is over that two and a half year period, that class had grown to 70. Wow. Because there were a lot of high school kids like yourself, right. um, maybe not at that time, but right. <laughs> uh, that were was coming as well. And, um, 
I did not realize the, 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 what I was doing in setting ourselves up for success when the revival came. Because when the revival came, <clears throat> our youth group literally jumped from 125. We had no youth service for three months. Started back when school started, because I begged them to let me have it back. We went from 125 to 350 in one service. Wow. I had no clue who all these kids were. Sure. And, and, and I knew that we had to disciple them. And it was through those 70 leaders Isn't that, that I was able to impart, uh, uh, put six students with every leader. And we were able to disciple those kids. But what was interesting is a couple of years later, now the, the everything's really exploding. We have like a thousand kids and uh, we're having 150 in the leadership class. And I'll never forget one of the greatest compliments I ever received in my life. It was after one of those leadership sessions that I did every Sunday morning for, for our Sunday school. By the way, that was actually my favorite service, not you service. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but Jeff Henley came up to me after I got through teaching that class of 150 students. And he came up to me and he was crying. And he said, Brother Richard, they all call me Brother Richard. He said, I remember when it was just you and me. And I said, Jeff, I remember that. And then he said, and I remember you poured your heart into me just as hard those mornings as you did today. Come on. And if we're not willing to pour our heart into the one, right. we're never going to have the 150. Right. We've got to be willing to take what God gives to us, pour and invest in them. And then God will multiply that. So you intentionally took those Sunday mornings, I remember, because... I mean, we were going into hours of church service before, but if you wanted to be a part of the youth group, you wanted to be anybody in this, you came to Brother Richard's leadership yeah, lesson. If you wanted to pick up paper after the service, you were required to come to my leadership And class. I was required, and I came, and I took notes, and I made a binder yeah. of those notes that is most of the material you hear on the Made For More leadership podcast all the time. So how did you come up with this content? Like, where did it come from? Well, that's the other thing that I learned. To be a leader, I don't have to be very far ahead of everybody. Right. I only have to be half a step ahead. Wow, that's really good. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Every Sunday when I got through, you knew everything I knew. That is hilarious. <laughs> I'm, I'm being honest. Yeah. And so that's why I was reading an average of two books a week, because I was having to come up with new content for the next Sunday. It's one of the best ways for leaders to grow is put yourself in a place where you have to deliver content. Yeah. And we learn a whole lot more from teaching than we do Absolutely. by going and being taught, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so you developed that. Um, you, you made an emphasis on leadership. Any other like lessons during that time during revival? I mean, well, you know, the emphasis that we put on discipleship was yes. really huge, yes. which is another form of leadership, right? right? Just developing those students. And, and I will honestly say, uh, with, with all ounce of humility, say that I'll put my, our, our Hearts Ablaze students, the, the teenagers that uh, came to the Lord during that period of time, went through discipleship. I'll put them up against our BSM graduates. Yeah. It was our college graduates. Yeah. And uh, they're, they're, they're successful today. Yep. Our teenagers are solid because we, we were pouring into them leadership principles, biblical principles, yep. and it, it kept them on, on course. One of the things I love, and I know we're going to talk about today, the title of this 
podcast is the heart of the leader. So we're going to get to that that yeah. subject of of how do you make people feel your connection with them. Yeah. But there's multiple aspects of a leader. Kind of give us a breakdown yeah. of this. Well, I, I like to break it down in the kind of three main categories. The first one being the head of the leader. So what I mean by head of the leader is um, we have to understand people. I, I remind my staff, I remind other Christian leaders that I'm not in the God business. You're not in the God business. Right. We're in the people business. Yes. And if I'm in the people business, I need to study people. I study people all the time. Yeah. I love airports. I love malls. I love anywhere where there's a crowd. Walmart. Yeah. 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 I, I some just, weirdos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I just love to study people. Right. I'm, people fascinate me. Yeah. I mean, they, they really do. And, and I, so a, a really good leader understands that I've got to learn um, what what motivates people because right. what motivates one yep. won't even touch another, right? Yep. It's kind of like the five love languages. It, you know, it, you have to understand. And when you study people, it doesn't take you very long when you get really good at it right. to go, this is what motivates this guy. Yes. And this girl here responds to this. And, um, and so uh, we need to, as leaders, we need to study people so that we can help motivate them, not manipulate them. Huge difference. Um, some leaders manipulate. Yeah. What would be the difference to you? Yeah. So to me, manipulating you is getting you to do what I want you to do for my purpose. Wow. Motivating is getting you to do what you need to do for your own good. Right. Because really as, as pastors, even we're, we're coaches. Right. And a coach's job is to get people to do what they don't want to do so they all can get the trophy. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and, and so in order to do that, we've got to understand what makes them tick. And we, we've got to understand, you know, where their passion is. And, and, and so uh, understanding people is huge. It's a huge part of the leader. Uh, the second, any, any tips on learning how to learn people? Or... Boy, you know what? I, I, it, it would be hard for me to put into words, to be yeah. honest with you. I could, I could sit here and, and talk to different to, you know, Right. So that one here, I can tell you right now that this one's motivated by words of affirmation, yes. you know, yeah. which is a lot of ours, you know, um, or, or whatever the case might be. But after a while, it becomes almost like an instinct. It's like right. driving. But I, I do. I just study people. I, I, I watch them on all different kinds of settings. And, uh, and the fact that I love people makes it fun. Yeah, it, it does it make easy. it fun. Yeah. Um, but then the second thing would be the hand of the, the leader. And right. the hand of the leader is, is helping people, serving them. Uh, a really good leader is, is one who um, can help people reach their goal in life, their, their purpose in life. A, a really good leader can see the diamond in the rough, mm -hmm. can speak it into them, and can uh, pull that out of them, even when they didn't even see it in them to begin with. And so, um, and whenever you help them, they really want to help you. Right, right, right. When, right. when they know that their best interest is in mind. Yeah, you're most bought into the people who are most bought into you. Yeah. Always. Yeah. So the fact that they're willing to serve your vision, serve what you're doing, you're going to more than willing go above and beyond to help absolutely. them. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the, the idea that we are here to serve people first, obviously Jesus gives us a beautiful example of that, that he did not come to be served, but to serve. Absolutely. That's the hand of the leader. Okay. The third yeah. one. Yeah. And then the, the, the heart of the leader is, um, is the, uh, a leader loves their people. And, um, you know, study after study has, has proven time and again that 
that people actually will work harder for a boss that they believe genuinely cares about them than they do a paycheck. Yes. You know, um, everybody's looking for love. Everybody wants to be valued. Everybody wants to be cared for. And so uh, a really good leader, in my opinion, is one who knows how to love his people well. Okay. And, and, and the way that, look, that looks like in my world, for example, is um, I intentionally, it's on my calendar, every Tuesday and Wednesday, I, I spend at least a half an hour with each one of my pastoral staff at my church for the sole purpose of just finding out how they're doing. I'm not, I'm not checking up on that ministry department. I'm not getting a ministry right. report. If they want to talk about ministry, if they want to get some advice on how to handle this or that and the other, I'm, I'm all there for them. But I just want to know, how's your wife doing? Right. How are your kids? You know, is there anything I can do to, to help you, you know, even with finances or whatever, you know? Um, but, uh, and to me, to me, they will, they're much more likely to, to lay down their life to right. serve me when they know that I really genuinely care about now, them. Now, the problem, and I know there's people watching this right now, and you're thinking, you're going, that sounds unbelievably draining to me to sit there and sit there and talk to those, to each staff member or each person that reports to you. I know you. You care for people and love people way more than normal. Like, what would you say for those people that you go, it's just not natural? Like, their care is not for others the way that yours is for yeah. others. Well, I, I I think that sometimes we have to be intentional when yep. it's not natural. Yes. And and I'll be honest with you, there's some days I'm going, oh God, it's Tuesday. Right. I got back to back to back to backs. You know sure. what I'm saying? And and there are some days that I have to push through it. But but love is not a feeling. Love is a choice. It's a value. And I want to put value upon those who are willing to do this journey with me. Yep. You know. Yep. And so that 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 does require a lot of sacrifice. Okay. Yeah. What other ways can we have the heart of a leader? Well, I, I, I think I think that's one of the main things. But um, can I can I give a, a a little insight out of scripture on this one? Yep. Um, there's there's a story where there's actually only two times that I find where Jesus is amazed by someone's faith, and one of them is a story um, about a centurion soldier who comes to Jesus and pleads for his servant. Right. Now, what a lot of people don't realize is how much that centurion soldier was having to go out of his comfort zone in order to serve that servant. Because the centurion soldier was hated by Jews, mm -hmm. right? Right. And here he is leaving his territory and going in among all of the Jews to the Jewish leader to request help for, catch this, a piece of property. Wow. Because a servant back then wasn't like an employee now, right. a human being. Right. A servant was just another piece of property. And this centurion was different. He genuinely loved he genuinely loved his uh, servant to the point that he went out of his comfort zone to um, come to Jesus for his healing. And Jesus, you know, he says, well, I'll come. And he goes, no, you're not, I'm not worthy. You just say the word and I shall be, he shall be healed. And of course, the servant's healed. Yeah. But here's the powerful thing about that story is that the centurion did not understand, did not only understand the power of authority. He understood the purpose of authority. 
And the purpose of authority is to always protect and care and nurture those who are underneath you. Wow. That's what I mean by uh, loving those that's underneath you. That everything I do is not for my good or even my quote unquote vision. It's for their good. It's for their intentions, for their growth. Okay. So that's all good until you realize that the people you're protecting sometimes can be really mean. You put your heart into it. You lay down your life for that centurion servant, and that yeah. centurion servant leaves you and go get us a better job up the street. How do you keep your heart from being jaded? Because I think the people that have the most walls up, the leaders that aren't the most compassionate to their employees, are those who go, well, this person could just screw me over like the last person did. Yeah. How have you kept your heart pure? That's where, that's where first of all, I have to... I believe one of the greatest strengths of someone in authority is someone who can walk in true humility. Hmm. Humility is the greatest strength of a leader, in, in my opinion. If I have to tell you the bo- I'm the boss, I'm not the boss. Yeah. And, and so it's never about me. So if they stab me in the back, I'm in good company. Jesus had that one that stabbed him in the back too, yes. right? I, I never make it about me. And I always am quick to forgive them. I'm always quick to release them. And, and I have to always remind myself, Aaron, it's not about me building my little, my little ministry or whatever. The case. I'm a part of a much bigger thing called the kingdom of God. Yes. And that if, if I poured into them and I poured into them and they end up stabbing me in the back and I've had it happen and they go somewhere else, I have to treat it as I'm sending a missionary somewhere to go take what I've imparted to them and, and, and they're going to be good somewhere else in the kingdom of God. I can't make them an enemy. You've never had a hard time going, okay, I trusted, I loved them, they left. Now this next one, I'm having a harder time to trust because of that previous one. No, because I don't allow soul ties. We're talking about a soul tie. Yes. A soul tie is when I let an experience in the past define the way I'm going to treat the next person. Hmm. I'm not going to do that just because I, I got jilted by a, a lover in the past. I, I can't bring that into my future relationships or I'll never have true love again. I, I've, got to, I've got to give each person a clean slate when they come into my life. I've got, I, I, I would want you to give that to me. Right. And so I've got to humbly give that to you. And so I've, I've got to forgive. I've got to release it. Is forgiveness something that you've had to learn to practice or is it just always come, come natural to you? You know what? It is one of my number one gifts. My, one of my number one gifts is the gift of mercy to my own fault sometimes. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's always easy. Um, I had one situation in my life. It actually took me 10 years to forgive the person because they came in behind me and mocked what I had established right there underneath my face. And for it, it, and for 10 years, I could not think of this person without ill feelings, which mate, which was not me at all. And I had to forgive, 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 and forgive. And, and I can honestly say I have completely forgiven this person. I can think of that person now without any animosity whatsoever. Now that doesn't mean I still trust them. Yeah. That doesn't mean I'll bring her back in my life, but I have forgiven them. But Aaron, we, we cannot, we cannot, as leaders, we have got to humble ourselves and we, we have to believe in people and we can't be afraid of them. I've always said, I want to be like this. I want to, if you want to kick me in the gut, that's your choice, but I'm going to live like this. I never want to live protecting myself. 
And you're right. Whenever we get when we get hurt and wounded too many times, this is the posture that we have a tendency of doing. We can't go there. Once we do this, we're no longer any good. We've got to die to ourselves every day, forgive, and reach out and pour into another There's person. There's leaders that think that the vulnerability, showing compassion, is actually weakness. You know, it's be the toughest guy in the room, be the strongest guy in the room. You're taking an opposite approach of actually be the most humble and most caring. Yeah, I believe I believe the most humble person is the most powerful person. Why? Because you can't control me. That is the key right there. That you is can't the key. control me. Right. Because your humility basically is is I don't I don't need what you have. Exactly. And 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 that's the reason why even Jesus said Satan has no hold on me. There was nothing to hold on to. He wasn't talking about just sin. Right. He was talking about impure motives. He was talking about selfish motives. There, okay. there was nothing there. All right. A leader's listening to this. He's, he's got some real hurt. He can't even yeah. be, you just challenge him to do what? Well, you know, I would challenge him first to recognize that their hurt is actually diminishing their effectiveness. Hmm. Because they may not recognize it, but everybody else in their team does. Wow. And and they know that, you know, we can't get close to him because he's been wounded too many times. I've, I've worked for those leaders before. Yep. Uh, you know, that I, I just knew I had to come to a conclusion. I'm going to go get close to him because he's been let down so many times before. It's just not going to. And I had to just live in that environment. So so you're hurting yourself by yep. by not letting that go. And, and it's not easy. I'm not, I'm not saying it's easy at all, but it's possible yep. with God's grace. He can, he can, he can give you that grace to, to forgive. And, and, and it's like an onion layer. You'll have to do it over and over and over again until you can truly say, you know what? I can now think of that person's name and there's nothing there. I think that this is so helpful. And so if you have any big takeaways, make sure you throw them down in the chat. Uh, there in YouTube, send them to me on Instagram. Uh, this is what I got to sit under for my high school years. Every single Sunday morning where we just got leadership wisdom. And I'm telling you, I'll just say it in front of everybody, I'm better because of that investment. I don't think you ever lose by building up leaders. Even if they never serve your vision, yeah. you, you just you never lose by investing in leaders. Yeah. It's, it's always a win. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like a delegating or authority. The more that you give it away the more it multiplies. Yes. And the, the more influence you actually have in the long run. Yep. All right. Pastor Richard, not only is a leadership guru, but he's one of the best communicators. People want to hear some of your sermons. Where do they go? Uh, they could go to rcchurchlife.com. Rcchurchlife. Right, right Rochester First Assembly. Well, actually, it's Rochester, Rochester Christian First. Church now. Rochester Christian yeah. Church. <laughs> Changing the names right there. That's how good of a leader he is. Um, all right, can I throw some some just last minute questions at you just for fun? Uh, all right, so maybe one of your big takeaways from COVID twenty twenty. What's your big takeaway? Oh my goodness, big takeaway from COVID that we are truly community creatures. Yeah, uh, we 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 need one another. I'm an introvert by nature, but I I recognize that I need people more than ever before in my life. Yep, we all do. Yeah. All right. Uh, do you have Netflix? I do not have Netflix. No. Okay. <laughs> do you have any any kind of streaming platform? No. You know no. me, man. Dude, you remember I, I never watched any movies or I didn't know any of the latest songs. I'm so. <laughs> All right. So there's not a show you've binge watched. 
You know what? You know what show I actually have found myself loving is um, the the Downton Abbey. Show yeah, yeah, series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I loved watching that series. And the one that I'm watching right now with my wife is um, Call. Ah! Oh well. I okay. Can't. All right. Um, if you could eliminate a fast food restaurant off the planet, like nobody would ever have to eat there again, you you just say I'm going to remove it for the sake of humanity to make yeah. it better. What would you eliminate? Taco Bell. No. I'm sorry. No. We apologize to everybody. <laughs> that is uh, the Taco well, Bell. Well, here's man. the reason why. Tell me. Here's the reason why. About 15 years ago, I ate at Taco Bell, and afterwards, I got very sick. I crazy? don't think it was because of Taco Bell. Oh, it is. I think No, I don't think it was. I, I really think it was. I was going to get sick anyway. But now, I cannot stand the smell of Taco Bell. <laughs> All right, one or two books, maybe that's impacted your life. Oh, my goodness. Um, uh, first Things First okay. um, by, um, help me. Um, uh, uh, someone's Googling it right now, so it doesn't matter. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, first, first Things First is a, an incredible book that changed my life. And I, I love also um, Secrets of the Secret Place. It's the best. Yeah. It's the best. Uh, yeah, it's, if you it's, don't know how to pray, you don't know the importance of prayer. Yeah, it's one of the best there yeah. is out there. Anything by John Maxwell, I've loved. Yes, yeah. I've read them all. Yeah, I mean, me I, you can't read them all. There's like a hundred and something yeah, books, right. but I've read a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is made for more leadership podcast. We're so glad that you joined us. I've been with my friend Pastor Richard Crisco. He's the best of the best. Make sure you subscribe, share this content, the heart of a leader, and we will see you next month for more of our Made for More Leadership podcast.